Spider-Man, Spider- Oh, wait, no. Batman! Vengeance. Batman! Vengeance. <laughs> I'm vengeance. Yeah, that was... Okay, we're talking about Batman. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to your not-so-regularly-scheduled episode of Couch Theater. We're back. I just came back from seeing so much sun. I'm very happy. But no, we're back. We're recording. It feels like we haven't done this in forever. We're talking about the, bat- the latest Batman, Robert Pattinson's Batman. What's the title? Is it just The Batman? It's The Batman. The. Yeah. Batman. Not Batman. Not a Not Batman. Dark Knight. Just The Batman. The Batman. Okay. For you people there who maybe have not seen the movie yet, we'll try to give you like uh, an understanding of what the movie's like so you can judge for yourself maybe whether that's a movie you want to see. We promise not to give away any plot points. Uh, we'll call this spoiler light. It's, like, if you don't want to know anything about the movie you're about to watch, obviously leave <laughs> because we're about to talk about it. But this will not you know, go into any nitty-gritty details right. or stuff like that or you know, uh, spoil any major plot twists. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I believe starting off with this, you have a comment about the, the runtime. This was a freaking three-hour movie. I know, I know. It was more like two and a half hours and then 30 minutes of credits. I don't care. This has gotten outrageous. It's getting out of hand. Movies cannot be this long. I went to a showing at 9.30. I did not leave till like 1 o'clock. It's crazy. It needs to stop. Can we put a petition in? It needs to stop. That's all, that's all I have to say. Moving on. You know, I feel like this story could have been told to me in 90 minutes. What happened to the 90-minute feature movie? Can we bring back those days? No. Bring back the 90-minute feature movie. <laughs> you just need one of those uh, intermissions. That's all you need. Ah. So you can go out, take your piss, grab more popcorn, or butter up your popcorn again with more of some of that fake oh, goo. disgusting. Go back in. You like can there's already go. butter in your popcorn, but you ate half of it, and now you're putting more butter? Well, because there's layers, right? So you Most of the popcorn dribbles down to the bottom anyway, so you just... Now you just have a soup. It's just a butter soup. <laughs> it's not even butter, but sure. <laughs> the length of the movie is, I guess, a little bit long. But yeah. I, did, did you feel it when you were watching? Did you feel like, oh, this is a long movie? Or was it just, you were watching it and it was over? I enjoyed it. You enjoyed though, it the whole way through? Though I will have to say that one of my friends that I watched it with did fall asleep at one point, so... Well, you know, that says something about the movie. It does, I guess. <laughs> uh, I definitely found myself checking the time multiple times. Not that I'm not enjoying this, but like, this movie is not so engrossing that I'm not noticing that I've been sitting here for the past 90 minutes and I would like to move. Mm-hmm. What else to say about the, the movie? I felt like it's a fresh take of air, fresh breath of air. A breath of fresh air? A breath of fresh air. You had all the right words there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a breath of fresh air because it was a movie told about one superhero. It didn't tease other superheroes. It didn't introduce other superheroes. It made no connections with other movies. It has maybe, you know, a little bit of a ooh, sequel baiting kind of thing, sure. But... For the most part, it was a story in of itself. Yeah. Uh, and to see a superhero movie that is a story in of itself about a character in of itself was very just, 
it's nice to watch because you get to go deep into that character. Yeah, it's like a nice one movie. I sit down, I watch it, yeah. and I understand the story you're trying to tell me. There's there's no missing pieces I need to add in from elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and also, I appreciated that this was less of a punch, punch, punch Batman. Mm. There's still a lot of punch punching for anyone who's looking for their punching. <laughs> but I'm sure it exists, but I, I haven't really watched in the past two, three decades any Batman that is not focused on his gadgets and like how he swings and the explosion, but more focused on, you know, the greatest detective ever or whatever his uh, title is. Yeah. So that was interesting. I said like the first half of the movie was very focused on him being a detective, not just punching people. Right. The second half of the movie did become a little bit more punchy-punchy, which, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of. I was actually down for this movie to be quite chill, but I understand this is a blockbuster movie and things need to explode. So okay. <laughs> this is just what we do. Yeah, no, I, I wish I could back up what I'm about to brag. Well, I, there must be out of the previous episodes we've done, and we have talked about Batman here and there. It has come up. I must not as much as Star Wars, but it has come up. (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah. When I watched the trailer for Batman, and I watched it a few times, I I did notice because you have the Dark Knight by Christopher Nolan, and you have the Zack Snyder's Batman or the the Batfleck, right? And one thing about the Batfleck is like it's a very a video game representation of the Batman. I felt like from the Arkham Asylum, Arkham. Like, the, the action sequence that he has is super cool when he's fighting the, the armed Madden, right? Yeah. And it's very, um, it is actually takes a lot of stuff from the video game. So I was wondering, like, what are they going to do with Batman? Because Batman has multiple characteristics. I figured they were going to go with a more detective-y and more, like, uh, psychological, like, uh, game psychological analysis of of the Batman character, right? Yeah. Rather than a origin story or a video game action slash rage yeah. centered character. Just to piggyback off of that, I have said multiple times that if I ever have to watch Batman's parents get killed one more time, <laughs> I will lose my <laughs> And I walked into that cinema, I sat down, and the movie started and I saw the little kid playing with a sword. Am I about to watch Batman's parents die? Again. And, you know, light spoiler, that was not, it was a setup for something else. And I was very pleased. Yes, yes. <laughs> what about, so one, one more thing I want to say, I guess, about Batman, which I hope is not a spoiler. If it is, we will cut it. You can rest assured that Detective Gordon is a fully competent police officer for the most part. He is a flawed character. That's a very important caveat, for the most part. (laughs) He might be a little flawed, but he is a character. He does not have one dimension. He is not just Batman's talk-to person, okay? He actually is a character, which is huge, because one of Christopher Nolan's flaws, I'm sorry to say it, but one of his flaws with his movies is Detective Gordon. What kind of detective is like, let's put all the policemen into the sewers to catch this one dude? (laughs) <laughs> well, that's that's comically, you know, comically stupid. But I don't know if I actually agree with you that I th- that Detective Gordon from this is flesh out. I think the relationship is yeah. interesting and good, but I don't know that 
Detective Gordon himself is doing anything. He's bringing anything to the, you know, the partnership. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of just there. We'll get more into it when we talk about spoilers. You will, okay. have, you will have to watch the movie and then come back to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did enjoy the relationship. Um, I think that these, these sorts of movies tend to have this problem of the cops can't be competent. They just can't be. Otherwise, like, why is Batman doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. True. So, but uh, what do you think about Edward Cullen himself? Coming, coming to this role as Batman. What I feel about a character who's played a bat before playing a bat again. <laughs> it all connects. I'm so- Batman becomes a vampire. <laughs> I'm sorry to brag again, but like, I thought he would be good. I knew he was. I mean, okay, when I was a teenager, I thought he was a pretty crappy actor. Yeah. But over time, he rebranded himself. Say what you want about the lighthouse. I bit of a disgusting movie to me to be honest but his performance is really good when i see him on screen I, and I, like waiting for the barbarians and whatnot like he's playing with with pretty intense acting but he never goes over the top to like i'm full psychotic to me i i see these psychotic elements of his acting but i never feel like it's overacting interesting i, I mean i did enjoy his batman at all Enjoy is a loaded term, maybe. I liked it. I did not I did not dislike it. Okay. It was fine. It was good. I didn't necessarily have a problem with what he was doing. But that, at the same time I didn't think it was inspired. I was like, oh my god, this take on Batman is amazing. And you know, there's only so much you can do when your entire face is covered and you're standing in this suit, but yeah. Basically Raph just gave Gave Robin Pattinson a A plus. In in Raph's words, that's an A plus. <laughs> I'm not that negative a person. <laughs> I promise. Um, any other performances? I think we. I mean, I guess the next biggest one is uh, Catwoman. Mm. I I would actually be interested to see like a breakdown of screen time, like who the percentages of like when people are on screen, because I feel like it was really. Very, very focused on Batman. Yeah, which I appreciate. I was going to wonder if it's going to be a Batman slash Catwoman movie Mm -hmm. or a Batman slash Alfred movie or whatnot. It is a Batman movie. These other characters are side characters. They they have their roles and they come in as as they need in the plot. Because like Catwoman, she she I will not say anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, No, I thought she was fine again. Well, I think I can wrap up talking about actors by saying there was no one I was like, you're doing a bad job. At the same time, there was no one I was like, oh my God, you're doing a stellar job. Mm-hmm. So they did their job, I guess. Okay. <laughs> well, with that wrapped up, we're going to do something a little differently today, right? For people out there who are wondering now, do you want to see Spider- uh, Batman? You should see Spider-Man. Yes. <clears throat> Actually, no. No. Based on our episode on that, we didn't like yeah. it. Never mind. Actually. Moving on. <laughs> but for those of you guys wondering now, do you want to watch Batman? Um, we will provide a rating for you now rather than at the end of the episode. And for today, we've decided that we'll rate Batman based off of a snack. Mm-hmm. The important question here is what kind of snack is Batman? Now, I personally think that someone as rugged edgy, dark Batman should be some form of crunchy chip. 
And I think the best chip is, you know, one of these, you know, you know those uh, tortilla chips that are black. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is supposed to be corn in them. Corn chips or something. Yeah, the corn chips are black. I think that's like the perfect chip. You Chris, you think this is a good a good Batman? So mm-hmm. I think que pasa, black corn chips. Yes, que pasa. If you want to sponsor us, you know, go ahead. <laughs> that's the perfect Batman because you know on its own it's fine, it's okay. I can eat it, but like I can't have too many of these. But if I get some salsa, some guac, some seven liter dip, you know, all the the things that Batman needs to function as a quote unquote superhero, suddenly it's amazing. So. I think that that is, you know, that is the essence of Batman. Wow. Kate chips. Yours is so much more deep than mine. <laughs> I was going to go with Lay's ketchup flavor because the movie is so red. <laughs> Such a red movie. Oh, my God. You know, I get, you, no, you, yours is better because I'm really, no. I'm really coming up with a chip for Batman, not necessarily this movie. So maybe the red Kate chip. <laughs> I hope that helps our viewers, our listeners, <laughs> yeah, in so. deciding whether you should see Batman. I, I think that's so. helpful. Um, here on out, we are moving on to spoiler talk. So this is the spoiler alert I will insert while editing a spoiler alarm. I would do no such thing. I don't know this. <laughs> Boom! We're in the spoiler section. Wasn't that a great, <laughs> a great transition music? <laughs> wow. What do we want to spoil first, bro? <laughs> the end. I can't believe Batman dies. <laughs> Such a balls take. All right, that was a prank. If you're still here, even though we warned you, you know, that's fine. You're allowed to be here. It's your life. Live it to you. Live it. Anyway, I, like I was saying before, I very much enjoyed the in-detective part, which was like the first half of the movie. I, don't know, I wasn't timing these things. The first bit of the movie was him walking around being a detective, you know, going to the crime scene and looking at clues, going back home, trying to put the clues together, having Alfred help him, showing that he's not a one-man army, he does need support. I enjoyed that. However, I will say that it did not really necessarily make me think that he was very smart because I felt like, well, A, all the cipher stuff got figured out by Alfred. Really, all he could figure out was the riddles. And then, you know, by the time we got to the end game, he was sort of just following around. Like, he's just stumbling, chasing after whatever Riddler is doing. It's not that he wasn't clever enough to figure out the cipher. That's not even important, but, like, clever enough to realize that you're just... Everything you're doing right now is just following the footsteps of what this this villain wants you to do. And you should be <laughs> not just running after his riddles, but actually thinking outside the box and trying to... Because, basically, Riddler is giving him instructions saying do this do this and he's kind of just doing it and I'm like you should probably <laughs> stop just following the villain's instructions and you know actually try to catch a villain so I was kind of disappointed by that yeah I really liked these I guess emotional aspect of the Batman because yeah he doesn't come across as this most intelligent or smartest right now yeah and I think the way they introduce him is he's kind of broken oh, almost on the little bit side of verging on too emo at times you know with the very emo with the hair i i just expect three days grace to start playing at some point i hate everything about you but (laughs) um i appreciated it because it, it gave us a picture of like you know batman is a person who dresses up as a bat and sure 
he dresses up as a bat to instill fear into the lowlifes and the criminals and whatnot that they introduced this in the in the very first minutes right they don't know if he's going to show up or not that's that's the fear right not knowing if he's there watching you or not but random insert oh, sure i found that hilarious in the beginning they had all this you know voiceover expedition about the fear and the bat symbol and all this and then when he shows up the guy's like who the hell are you I'm like, what? What <laughs> What did you just spend the past three minutes doing exposition for if this random guy doesn't know who Batman is? Anyway, continue. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Good catch. Uh, but what was I going to say? Like, there's, there's something psychologically deranged about a billionaire person choosing to solve crime by dressing up rather than, I don't know, Anything using else? his resources, right? <laughs> And I think that's what the problem of the movie is kind of trying to tackle. It's like, you have this character who equates himself with vengeance. He's looking... I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. He's looking for... He's looking for justice, and he's looking for justice through violence, through the eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth kind of thing. You killed my parents. I... I, he does. He won't kill. So there, there, we establish there's some difference between him and criminals at that point. Well, I think but, that I won't kill thing gets very loose. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the movie tackles it a little bit more later. But I'll leave it at that for now. And it's like that's the introduction to the character that we're given, and it's it's a little bit interesting. Yes, he is definitely very emo, which is an interesting take because it. Like, what, what point in his Batman's career is this? I guess he's supposed to be in the middle point of his career. It's his second year, I, I, from what I saw on his diary or logs or something. I oh, yeah. yeah. I could have so it's pretty that. new still. Okay. So, yeah, he is still pretty new at it. So, I guess, yes, it's fair that he's gothic about the, the entire thing. <laughs> um, I mean, he is in Gotham, so it's appropriate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, got him. Uh, when the movie started, so I didn't know really, I didn't watch the trailers. I really didn't know anything about it before I started watching it. So when it started and he did the whole fear thing, I was like, okay, we just, just another Batman movie. He's going to show out of the chapter and be like, ah, and start killing people. But then he showed up and it wasn't that. And then he went to the Gordon thing and I was like, oh, we're doing a, a thinking Batman. And then, then it became, like, oh no, we're doing an emo Batman. I guess the movie kind of pivoted. At least I felt like the movie pivoted in what it was trying to tell me, like which Batman we're doing a couple of times. And I, I wasn't. There was one of those I liked, and the movie didn't quite focus on that, I guess, would be mm. my problem with it. Um, honestly, I would have just watched two hours of him just solving crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably says I don't really want to watch a Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, I think I need to suggest different movies to you. <laughs> Maybe seven. Yeah, that, that would have been a pretty good movie. <laughs> um, but but that, that being said... Um, I didn't dislike it. Yeah. I definitely didn't dislike it. I've thought about it more than I thought about the Spider-Man one. And I definitely didn't dislike it. Maybe. <laughs> we'll find out at the end. <laughs> right. The, what I was going to say about the cops is, like, <laughs> because this movie has, like, this, it, it tries to bring this realism of, hey, the cops are here and they're involved. And, you know, people have opinions of whether or not they should be using this vigilante or not, etc. And tries to bring them in as, like, people and there's forensics and stuff happening. It... It makes it it grounds it like it makes it more realistic and stuff like that, which is good, but also brings more problems. Cause like, you know, normally you suspend your disbelief. You're just like, yes, Batman's doing stuff, and 
nothing else matters. But the moment you're like, tell me, oh, well, you don't need to suspend your disbelief for that. Obviously, it, the cops are here. Obviously, they're doing stuff. I'm like, well, a senator just got killed. And I feel like the FBI should be involved. <laughs> I feel like the entire, you know, policing system in all of America should not just leave Gotham to solve its own problems. I feel like federal forces should be coming in. Like, right now. <laughs> so, that was the, I, it was the thing I kept thinking about. I was like, why are the FBI here? Why are the FBI here? Political people are dying. This is, this is not a Gotham problem. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Because throughout, throughout the entire movie, I mean, they do this in all Batman things, so they have this, it's like, Gotham, 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 the city is dying. Like, there's just this whole, everyone keeps chanting about the city as though the city is just an island and, and there's a black void everywhere else and no one else can leave this city and we must fix this city and I'm like these are the socioeconomic problems we're talking about and like of course you and the city need to do stuff but like hope needs to come from above and below and I feel like we're not talking about this right at all well since we've talked a bit extensively a little bit I guess about Batman and how he's introduced and how like they portray him do you want to I guess go into some of the villains yeah, uh, I actually found the Riddler very disappointing in this film. Like, while the movie was occurring, I did not mind. He was a faceless person leaving Riddles doing things. I did initially think that he was way too physical for the Riddler. I don't really know too much about the Riddler, if we're being honest here, but I never imagined him as a physical villain. Like, he's more of a thinker, setting things up and not, like, getting in there and, like, literally attacking someone in their house kind of person. But maybe I'm wrong. He kills people, he leaves clues. That's what I expect of the Riddler, generally. And then as it kept going on, the plot kept getting more more convoluted. And if we're being perfectly honest, when they got to the whole Falcon, um, Maroni, Penguin thing, I was like, something's happening here. And honestly, I'm actually not following what's happening. And I actually don't care to follow what's happening. You're all bad, is <laughs> the general idea. And you're all gonna die, maybe. Like that, that's like, I cannot be bothered. Anyway. That whole thing happened, and then we got to the end, and he showed up. And I guess when he showed up and, like, started blowing things up, I was like, are you just a joker now? Like, I, I don't even, I just don't care anymore. Mm. I don't know if that's just me, or if that's, like, the movie. I enjoyed that there was something opposing Batman to see, like, the story of what he was doing. But when we actually got to the motives and the stuff behind who was opposing him, I found myself very, very uninvested. Mm. And I can't quite put my finger on why. I didn't mind the Penguin. I'm still surprised that it's played by Colin Farrell, to be honest. A little mind-boggling. <laughs> Prosthetics, man. <laughs> um, and I caught on, like, as soon as they mentioned Falcone, Falcone's not really known as a Batman villain as much. He was in the Dark Knight, uh, Falcone, and he showed up here, too. He, he is actually a Batman villain, but the reason, I guess, he might not be as well known is because he doesn't dress up as anything he's just legit he's a, he's a, boss. a mob boss yeah um, i was i was trying to draw on my gotham knowledge because mm. i've seen the season of that and i was like okay all these people were important in gotham and i'm trying to remember like what any of them do yeah but i couldn't remember and the movie was trying to explain it and it wasn't getting through my head <laughs> so the riddler Part of why he got Batman to partner with him was precisely because he isn't up for all the physical demands and challenges. So he was able to take care of the senator, but getting to Falcone, for some reason, he had a harder time with and needed Batman to do that. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but they kind of acknowledge that there's a limit to his phys- what he does physically. I mean, I feel like they're being very hand-wavy about that, but yeah, okay. yeah whatever. <laughs> because he did get into that Sanders house, like, pretty Batman-esque. Because he was watching through binoculars or a sniper or whatever mm-hmm. through the window, and then the Sanders showed up in that room. And then the scene swapped to the Sanders standing in the room, and then he was behind the center. I'm like, bro, you, you're a freaking ninja, man. How'd <laughs> you true. get in there? That's <laughs> true. Was he trained by the League of Assassins and Ray Sal Ghoul? Maybe. Um, so part of why I thought he was also very interesting is he begs or requires that Batman changes who he is. Um, because they both come from a, a background of being an orphan, right? Yeah. Uh, they are, they're both this a bit narcissistic and... and to themselves, lonely, and all these things, and they've taken all that anger that they and hurt that they have, and funneled that into vengeance. Right? He plays off as a good antagonist for this movie because Batman has to ask himself, "Is that who I really want to be? Vengeance? Is that really, really who I want to be?" Right? Yeah, I agree with that. Like the whole when he asked the guy when he. You know, a guy who punched down, he was like, who are you? And the guy's like, I'm vengeance. And obviously that's a parallel to Batman earlier in the movie when they asked him, who are you? And he said, I'm vengeance. I got that part. <laughs> Quick side note. Yeah. At least whatever you're about to say, at least he wasn't like, why did you say that name? <laughs> why did you say it? <laughs> oh, God, the audio just... So I get the whole parallel that during there that he, you know, he must not become the thing you seek to destroy and all that jazz. Again, I find that is interesting, sure, but I find the, the person behind that not interesting. To bring a comparison that literally everyone does, Heath Ledger's Joker, not necessarily Heath Ledger's Joker, just a Joker, some versions of the Joker. When he's talking about one bad day, and he's talking about, you know, what's, what's actually Heath Ledger's Joker say? I forget. Something about chaos. He's a very chaotic person. But the ideas he's bringing forth and how Batman has to, like, come up against that and reject it, that is interesting, the challenge that Batman has to, like, you know, accept what this person's saying and then reason out why he thinks they're wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, the Joker is interesting, right? Like, the person presenting this is interesting. Whereas here, I feel like they've got that first part. The Batman is somewhat interesting. The, the moral quandary is somewhat interesting. The person behind it, very uninteresting. I don't necessarily always care about my villains being rational. Actually, do I? I feel like we did a villains episode where I said I do. So maybe that is my problem. Because he's talking about, like, you know, these people are corrupt. They, you know, the the whole deal where they gave the wrong informant for the wrong drug bust or whatever. That whole thing. That's the whole thing where I was like, I don't care and they're not, I'm just not following what you guys are. I get it in a general sense. Where like, if you ask me to break down the details, the nitty gritty of what was happening there, I really don't know. But he's like, these people are corrupt and these people are corrupt. And this whole thing's corrupt. Renewal's corrupt. That's why I'm killing this. When I was like, what's your logic here that politicians are corrupt so kill them like what what are you accomplishing <laughs> like I guess it just felt very childish and not very well thought out not childish in that you just think violence can solve everything but also not very well thought out in that well killing these specific people doesn't actually stop anything like even in this make-believe world you create in your head how does killing this person stop anything right you just replace one mob boss for the other right like 
what are you trying to accomplish here? I, I guess I wasn't following him. I wasn't vibing off of anything he was saying. I was just like, you're, you're kind of sounding very stupid. No, right I now. think that's exactly the point. So, right? I think that's exactly the point. One, I would say he's, he's not like a, a person who can suddenly just take over Gotham and do everything the way he wants it to. And then, like, killing off certain characters, others will come, yes. But the, the point with him is that he's focused on his idea of his of what justice is, yeah. right? In criminology, there's the idea of justice is a, a topic that that has multiple facets to it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one component of justice, which I, I maintain is still a part of justice, is vengeance in a, in a sense. Maybe not as, I don't want to say vengeance, but the idea that the, the wrong has been done and something has to be Some done. Some form of retribution, basically. Yeah, retribution. And Batman... Batman's character is inherently ingrained in that form of justice yeah. in the decades we've seen him on screen. And we kind of take that as like, yes, he's the superhero. He comes in, he saves the day. And the movie presents like what Batman is doing all these things, but yet crime in the, in the very first scene, right? Crime still is pervasive. Crime is still on the rise. Why is that? Is it that perhaps... That going around punching people and calling yourself a hero is well, not, he's not the way. Not calling himself a hero. What's no, that? but he's like we, we call him the hero, right? Yeah. And we call and he's calling ju- vengeance a form of justice, right? Yeah. And I think that's what it's trying to say. When you actually think about it and you see it from the villain perspective, you realize that that's not that's not necessarily right, right? The way he approaches it is you just kill this person and kill this person just because they've done something isn't actually making the world a better place, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that's why Batman's conversion at the very end is, I feel feel like, a bit meaningful. Conversion? I mean, from vengeance to hope, sure. (laughs) A little bit more. Uh, Can I break it down with the, the, the flood? So, I hypothesize that the flood represents so-called the real problem mm-hmm. okay it's because the real problem actually is you know bureaucracy maybe and corruption and criminals and all that well let's not forget the literal explosions those are problems. yes those are those are little little problems for a something to be a metaphor in in that particular scenario what's the real problem for the people below is the flood yes. and batman who is a character who is generally encompassing himself with tasks that require violence, him going down into the water is a representation of him understanding that the people actually right now need help with something else than Batman. Batman being the vengeance. Yes. He realizes that being a part of helping society, being a part of improving society and helping the people is going down into the problem where they're at and facing that, right? So he helps people who are stuck he helps be a light in the dark, literally, right? The idea is that he he realizes that the Riddler's way, which was also his way, is not the right way to improve society. Yes, I agree with that. I guess my counter is, I think fundamentally, what he and the Riddler are doing are the same thing. However, his and the Riddler's applications are very different. Because Batman goes around and stops people when they're getting mugged and stuff like that. And the Riddler is assassinating politicians 
and blowing up trucks. And there's a def- very, very different like escalation yeah. and actual execution of what they're doing. So, yes, while I think that Batman is, I've said this enough times, Batman fundamentally is a very flawed villain because he's a millionaire and just please do something else with your money than this. This is, this is, these are my problems with Batman. I, I, I don't know why I have these problems with Batman and not like every other superhero ever because they all have this one. But for some reason, when it comes to Batman, I just see it more clearly that like there's so much else you could be doing right now, man. And this is why I like the Joker as a villain to Batman because it very much represents like, I very much like the idea that Joker is a response to the Batman. Mm-hmm. He's just going around punching people and it just creates more chaos. And I enjoy that. And I guess this movie is saying, hey, Batman, this isn't the right way. And I'm kind of like, well, though we all know this, this is obvious, right? And maybe I'm not that interested in Batman realizing that he probably shouldn't be going around punching people. Yeah. Well, to to give actually the Riddler some credit here, though, yeah. whereas Batman was focused always on the low lowlifes, yeah. it was the Riddler, one thing that he did is help shed light into the... I guess some like the classism, global, right? The global cor- yeah. the corruption that was like seeping through the entire system. Right, Bat- Batman's initial response wasn't when somebody, a senator was killed, wasn't what other senator, what other high-ups are, like, are trying to cover this, what is going on. And and the Riddler actually was able to see the, the corruption of the high class for what it was, or for those in power for what it is, right? Yes. I mean... Credit, 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 credit. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'll give him that guy. I don't think he's a completely like useless yeah. or bad character. I just think that, you know, when I examine more of what he's doing, I, I just, I just find it's just full of holes. It's just yeah. a very, it's just Swiss cheese. All his logic is Swiss cheese in my head. Um, <laughs> For those who don't know, Swiss cheese has a lot of holes in the cheese. Oh, and does it does it? If you put water through it, it just oh, leaks. Okay. It doesn't yeah. hold. This Science. podcast brought to you by Swiss cheese. <laughs> But I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's like my, my major problem with it. The only thing I have to say is I don't know why Catwoman kissed Batman. I just don't know why that happened. I would have been perfectly fine with everything else that happened. And then she kissed him for some random reason. I was like, I don't know where this quote-unquote chemistry is supposed to be coming from. Is it because he's in a bat suit and you're in a cat suit? Also, why, are you, why do you have these claws if you just use guns and stuff? Ladies, I'm about to teach Raph a thing or two about what are those really crappy things where it's like a man trying to tell other men how to pick up a girl and like stuff. Mansplain? Or like the pickup artist? Yeah. <clears throat> 101. Uh-huh. Yeah, explain it to me. See, when a man is clearly broken and psychologically uh, the, I want to fix him time? I want to fix him <laughs> Uh, th- yeah, whatever. I-, I don't even care too much. I was just like, she kissed him. I was like, I guess that's had to happen. Right. I was like, this, this. <laughs> Next time you're talking to a girl, trust. Just come across as Avengers. a little more broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that next time. <laughs> yes. uh, also, random thing. I was like, the entire time, I was like, okay, why is his lower jaw unprotected? Can you explain that to me? Because his entire suit is bulletproof. Because that is demonstrated by the many, many bullets that it proves. <laughs> but his face mask is actually rubber. It seemed like when they took it off, I was like, wow, your head is not encased in like, your head. That should be protected, man. And then your lower jaw. Like if someone just socks you there, you're going out, man. And all these guys with like their shotguns just keep shooting him in the chest. 
And the first time I was like, oh, you know, I mean, it's not that easy to hit someone's face. But, like, towards the end there, there's people, like, literally melee range of him with machine guns. And they're just shooting his chest. And I'm like, his jaw, man. Just, <laughs> just his jaw. It's so, so un- just, so, so exposed. <laughs> just hit him in the jaw. <laughs> so, um, it was genuinely disturbing me the entire time. I just, I just kept thinking, hit him in the freaking jaw. <laughs> I have a perfectly, perfectly reasonable explanation for it. It was dark. You can't see where he is. So you're not going to shoot at face level. You're just going to shoot at body level because you can't. That's in the early ones. In the early ones, I'm fine with it because there's smoke, they're moving, and like that's fine. Yeah. But like again, the melee range machine guns, man, just the the one in the dark though. They're in the dark. They can't see him. Okay. He's he's literally dressed as. I mean, even just by dark accident, even just by accident. He's caught with, a... with all the times he ducks and waves and stuff. He just. I just feel like someone would have shot him in the face. Batman is an expert jujitsu person. He knows how to dodge bullets Speaking in the dark. Of expert jujitsu. What do you think about like the physicality of his bat- of Pattinson's Batman? I mean, it it's not as cool as the Batfleck. Or... The Batfleck was very physical because yeah. like I don't even know how to properly describe, it, but like he was very stiff, Pattinson, and not that it was bad, but he was very stiff. It didn't feel fluid. Batfleck was also stiff, but in like a heft way. It's like just this man who's just walking and, you know. At 300 pounds. At 300 punch. pounds and just like punches you and it's like, this is stiff, but also deadly. <laughs> uh, I can speak a little bit to it. So, a problem that uh, Christian Bale even had uh, with the action sequences is that the bat suit is sometimes designed more for the look and not for, for the, the practicality. Of, yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, like I, I know Christian Bale even complained that he could barely turn his head. Yeah. And to be honest, I would rank Bat Affleck's the highest for action. I'd put Robert Pattinson's action above Christian Bale's. Or uh, yeah, that those that Batman wasn't really a fighter. They were both they were both stiff, but at least Robert Pattinson was able just to convey the character's rage. Yeah. I think through the movement still, like I see the just the. That's yeah. the poorest way to describe that. You just perfectly but just encapsulate your thoughts. Give me some elegant words. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see the rawness of yeah. his fighting, whereas and there was a bit of technique that you could see that. Yeah, I mean, obviously so. it's a mass of people attacking, but you still see that like he is moving with intention. I would say. Yeah. Uh, I did have a one thing. This is my notable moment. Of the entire thing mm. is when he chases a penguin. When that happened, that's when I was like, "Oh, we're I'm watching a different Batman movie now." Th- that that's when that switch basically flipped. It was like we've been doing all this detective stuff, and suddenly we're in a car chase with the Batmobile and penguin, and things are exploding on this bridge. And just the collateral, how many people died on that bridge? At least twenty, because multiple trucks exploded. <laughs> It was so... All to catch the penguin and not even put him in jail. It was just so gratuitous. And I was was disappointed in Gordon, in Batman. I was disappointed in everyone for that that action sequence. It was so cool. Was it though? Yes. I loved how the the Batmobile was introduced with the sound. It's like 
because like clearly this Batman is doing all the fear stuff, right? He's yeah. playing off of the fear, and the Batmobile just like it sounds like things are about to go down, and it sounds scary. Well, it was and going then, eh, for like thirty seconds, and I was like, "Is this car going to move?" <laughs> and then the penguin's car flips, and you just dun, 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 and he's like walking slowly to him, and the camera's upside down. It sure. When sure. the car flips and he's way he comes through the fire, yes, it's cool. I think it's dog that that ramp just assembled itself as he randomly hit the booster to get through the flame. I think this car chase should never have happened if either of these people were being competent. And also, I think that car chase consisted of a lot of rear view mirror shots. Like, look at your side mirror, look at your rear mirror, and very little look at the cars, which made the action very Leonison trying to get over a fence. Just jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. He's over the fence. <laughs> They've got nothing enough fast and furious is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> At least it has a car chase, unlike the new Fast and Furious movies. It didn't have a car chase? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I watched one. I honestly can't even tell you if there was. There's always a car chase. They're always doing crazy stuff with their cars. I'm just saying. Like my favorite movie... Furious 7, where the car goes from one, <laughs> one, one skyscraper, it comes out the window and goes into the next skyscraper, as all cars can do. <laughs> I, want to see, I want to hear you say that that's your favorite. <laughs> that is one of my favorite movie theater experiences ever. I went into that movie, there was just such an alignment between what I was expecting and what the movie was delivering. It was just like, we meshed. I was like, I'm here to watch some stupid sh- cars and the movie was like here are some stupid <laughs> cars and i was like yes this is what i came here for this movie knows what it is <laughs> dude fast and furious 9 dominic i haven't, Tarzan. Seen, I haven't seen eight and nine seven was i can tell you this <laughs> he he tarzans the car oh like when it hooks on the on the thing yes that's perfect that's what you're going to those movies for can i tell you the plot of furious 7 absolutely not but I remember that scene with just crystal clear perfection. <laughs> anyway, we're going off tangent. <laughs> um, I think I'm pretty good with what yeah. we've discussed. I think you're, you're more positive on it than I am. I, I wanted less of a blockbuster than it ended up being. And that's kind of on me. Like, I don't know why I went into a blockbuster expecting not a blockbuster. <laughs> uh, to actually maybe a little bit to your surprise... Mm-hmm. And for viewers who just know us, um, Sarah actually liked it almost as much as me. And um, she conveys the same thing. She's tired of like a lot of superhero movies, but she liked this Batman movie because it's kind of self-contained, right? Yeah. And it, for what it's worth, it's it does ground it. Maybe some places you have to suspend your belief a little bit. It makes, Bat- makes you have to spend your disbelief in very selective ways that I'm not used to. Batman for definitely should be put, like, be arrested for what happened on but the car all, chase. That's but all like, Batman. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it overall. Except the end. I, I was just like, by the end I was like, oh, whatever. I didn't care anymore. I didn't care about the Riddler. And, like, I appreciate thematically the whole you know, changing his ideology and stuff like that. But when he, like, dramatically jumped and cut the, the electric wire with his batarang and fell into the water, I was like, you're a freaking Batman, man. Like, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> Just pull out a grappling hook or do something. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> Stop it with the melodramaticness. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, yeah, I think that concludes our review of the Batman. We've decided, since we are couch potatoes a little bit, to add a little recommendation setting for people out there who actually think that what we're saying is very knowledgeable and wise. I don't know who these people are, because I'm certainly not one of them. <laughs> so, my first recommendation, and actually you were saying that you wanted the whole movie to be detective. Yeah. I would recommend Broadchurch. Broadchurch is a British TV show, I believe, about British people uh, with a British murder. I, I'm not selling it. <laughs> it's British. <laughs> it, it's not like an episodic one where like CSI Miami is like new new crime scene every episode. Yeah. No, it, it has a fully fleshed story to tell. Um, and it really engages the thoughts of the different characters, the suspects, and all that stuff. I, I really liked it. I think David Tennant earned a lot of respect from me. There's there's a scene that I personally want to just, like, break down. I want to put it on YouTube, and I want to press the hit and play and explain why this scene is almost one of the perfect scenes that I've seen. But I'm going to do almost a every frame of painting style video yeah. about it. <laughs> Anyhow, it's three seasons long. If anyone's interested in like crime series drama, I do recommend Broadchurch. Alright, I will put it on my list. What, what is it on? Is it on Netflix? Is it on Hulu? Is yeah. it on Crave? Is it on uh, HBO? It was on, it was on Netflix, but the last day to watch on Netflix was March 4th. Oh, it's no longer on Netflix? No. Is it on like the US Netflix? Because you know, VPNs. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Uh, I recently watched Peacemaker. I loved it. I thought it was great. It's Peacemaker is the thing that's out. And it actually makes me want to go and see James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Because mm-hmm. this is what I wanted, kind of what I wanted Suicide Squad to be the first time. When we saw those trailers and stuff, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. They're going to just be goofy and doing stuff. And then it turned out to be, you know, a flaming hot pile of mess. But then... <laughs> that is the best description for that movie. <laughs> but then I saw this and I was like, this is also just a crapshoot. But it knows what it is. Like, it's an intentional crapshoot. You know, like if you watch Peacemaker, I'd say just watch the first episode, and that is reflective of everything. Like if you don't like the first episode, you're not going to like Peacemaker, but if you enjoy just the stupidity that is going on, like, everyone's an idiot. They recognize this. Like, these people are completely bad, crazy, bonkers, and just having a blast. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I like how you caught it to a crapshoot, because it's like, you know what? The difference between the two movies is, if you take a crap, but you didn't want to take a crap... <laughs> <laughs> no one wants an accidental crap. That's the worst kind of crap. But when you take a crap, when you want to take a crap, it feels amazing. It's still crap, but it it's good. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing. And I'm I'm reading uh, Foundry Side, but I'm only like two chapters in, so I can't really say anything about it. What is it called? Foundry Side. Foundry Side. Yeah, it's a book. Fantasy book. It's, it's interesting because I'll bring it up because I find it hilarious. It's like a very, very small section, but I have these things called scriv- Scrivener, Scrivery or something. Some form of technology, basically. The way they keep describing it, because the person, person who keeps describing it clearly doesn't really understand how these things work. So they're like basically talking about this device and they're like, it's a two part system. You stick the guidance plate to the thing you want it to go through, and the guidance plate then says to the rod, hey, I think 
I know you think you're one, you're your own thing, but you're actually part of this other thing. And it's way over there. So you should really get there really fast. And then the rod says, really? Oh my gosh, what am I doing all the way over here? I really better get all the way over there right now. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. But <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. All right, folks. Um, today's sponsor. <clears throat> Are you one of those handy people? You work with your hands, you make a lot of things. Are you frustrated that you always have to go back to your toolbox to grab the right tool? Are the current tool belts that you're wearing just don't have enough pockets and stuff? Or grappling hooks. Or grappling hooks. <laughs> Introducing... Wayne Bat Enterprises. Very own... Batman Utility Belt. By the people who brought the original Batman Utility Belt. Perfect for every occasion. <laughs> Do you need to grab DNA samples? Batman Utility, utility Belt. Are you stuck in the ocean and there's sharks all around you? Batman Utility Belt. <laughs> <laughs> Soon to come with Batman Utility Belt 2 and 3. And 4. And the Pro Max and the Mini Max and... And the Premium. And, and the, the Pro. Pre <laughs> <laughs> I, Wayne Enterprises took their ideas from Apple, so... <laughs> what can you do? Oh, well. <laughs> Hear from our satisfied customer here now. I was trying to make a casserole, but the casserole wasn't coming out very good. It came out a little bit burnt. But then I remembered my handy-dandy Batman utility belt, and I burned out my uncasserole crispifier, and I sprayed that right on. Mm-mm, what a yummy casserole. Mm. I also had a similar situation. I was trying to eat a quesadilla, but I had no sour cream. Thanks to my handy-dandy Batman utility belt, I had the perfect packet of sour cream that I was able to open with ease and eat the quesadilla. <laughs> Those satisfied customers were satisfied with this product. <laughs> Batman utility belt does not come with guarantee of it. <laughs> and... and. <laughs>